And I reached out to a friend and I was like, I'm going to die. Like, he just won't quit crying. And I have this other son that needs me. And she um, pretty much spoke into my life at that point and gave me a big dose of perspective. And she just said, what if you looked at this crying baby as your main thing? Like, this is your highest calling right now to love on him, to walk with him through this, to just hold him. Expect every day. What if you expected him to just cry for hours? And then instead of resenting that time of him crying, I anticipated it. I prepared for it. I had a little plan for we'd take a walk in the stroller or... Um, so once I changed my perspective from resenting the crying baby to this is what I, God gave me right now for this season, I have a colicky baby. You're listening to episode 82 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today, I'm lucky enough to chat with Monica Swanson, otherwise known as the Grom Mom. And if you don't know what a Grom is, don't worry, she will let you know in this episode. But she's a mom to four boys, teen boys, and a five-year-old. And, uh, you know, Monica just has a really positive perspective, some great insight. She's been doing this parenting thing for a little while now, and I just really like to be around people who have great ideas and great ways to reframe the reality of our day-to-day. And I think that's what Monica does for us today in this episode. I hope you are blessed by her insights and definitely go check out her website, monicaswanson.com. A lot of the content we talk about today is stuff she has written about over on that site. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're having a great summer. And here we go. Hey, Monica, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know your day is just starting over in Hawaii. I'm like almost like, you know, <laughs> what am I, three-fourths of the way? I've been to the water park. We've done lunch. I only have dinner and bedtime. I know. Uh, it's always crazy. I wake up and I'm like, wow, the rest of the world, you know, has already lived and I'm just starting. <laughs> You're just getting going. You're just getting yeah. going. And then you get all this fun life yeah. over Aww. in North Shore. That's where y'all are, right? Yes, we're on the North Shore of Oahu. So kind of a little bit in the country as as much as you can get. Which is, you know, we always think beach. And then you talk right. about like you grow food. Yeah, <laughs> well, we kind of, we're, we're up a big hill from the beach. So we kind of see it. We see the ocean, but we do live on um, kind of tropical farm type of land. So it's Fun to grow our own fruit. Yeah. Pineapple? We, you know what? That's, I think, the one fruit we do not grow. Really? That's funny. We, yeah. We have mac nut tree and we have, um, yeah, everything from coconuts, lots of bananas and papaya, mango, wow. um, citrus. But yeah, no, we all have to add pineapple. I think then, so. Because that's what yes. I remember from visiting Hawaii is like the, the pineapple growing fields. And yeah, fields. we buy dole. We, we guess buy it's dole probably like cheap enough that you probably <laughs> should not worth the effort. Well, okay. Introduce everyone who doesn't know you um, to your family. All right. Yes. So um, I, my husband and I are both from the Pacific Northwest originally, Seattle and Portland. And we moved to Hawaii 14 years ago. Um, my husband went to medical school in Portland, Oregon, and we came here for a three-year residency. Mm-hmm. And I was all excited thinking three-year kind of um you know, vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. But by the end of that three years, um, well, my husband had taken up surfing. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the end of the true story. But we also had three boys by then and we're just kind of settling into this lifestyle and loving it. 
And so we have um, since then had a fourth son. And four years ago, we moved out a little further into the country. And my husband has a job at a hospital and we homeschool and our boys pretty much are all into surfing. And we built our own little skate park in our front yard. So they're what awesome. we call in Hawaii, we call them groms. Yeah. Um, my site used to be called thegrommom.com. And um, I found out a lot of the world didn't know what a grom was, but it's a <laughs> It's a little surfer skater. If you live in a beach community, Australia, California, you've probably heard of Groms. But um, so, yes, now my site is called monicaswanson.com, but I still hold on to the Grom mom name for social media. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we're living out here and trying to just, you know, do our best to to uh, keep busy and sane and homeschool and have a good, simple life. And you have boys aged what was the oldest is just right. 16. Did I see that? Yes. 16, crazy. Just turned 16 all the way down to um, my little five-year-old. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. And they're adorable with big smiles and blonde hair, beachy. <laughs> Love them. Love them. And I've never met them. Isn't this so oh, weird? It's cool. like when I'm on my Instagram feed and the boys look over my shoulder and like, who's that? I'm like, I have no idea, but isn't it cute? Like, <laughs> it's not, it's Monica's. Have you, oh, who's Monica? Well, I mean, she's a friend, but I've never met her. <laughs> I think you need to get your boys over here. That oh, would they be a would love it. We've been yeah. to California, but not, we haven't taken them to Hawaii. So you yeah. gotta get them over here. You gotta get them over there. So mm -hmm. y'all may have read something of Monica's, uh, and not realized it was this Monica, Monica, uh, has had a couple of viral posts go around. I should say a couple, more than a couple. Um, one being talking about your teenage son. What a teenage, what every teenage son needs. Is that what it's called? From his mom. Yeah. What teenage boys need most from their mom, yeah. I think was the official title. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. How did that come about? Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess it was the week that my oldest, it was a year ago now, and my oldest was turning 15 and the second was turning 13. And I was just kind of looking at our family and doing a lot of thinking. And I've had, you know, a lot of readers ask questions about things. And I just kind of sat down one day and thought, you know, what do they need the most? Because I see and I hear from so many families that are just terrified of their kids becoming teenagers. And they just hear these horror stories of how awful it's going to be. And I thought, you know, for us, it was actually going really good and we were having a great time together and I was enjoying them. And um, so I was like, what, what is it? What do you think that some of the keys are? You know, obviously there's not one magic way to have a great relationship with your teen, but I thought there is something to this. Yeah. So I just kind of jotted this list and um, pressed publish. And then kind of over the next few weeks, it just kind of exploded. I guess there's a lot of people out there looking for help with their teenage boys. Yeah. And what did you find they responded most to? What was so different that, that they, that resonated? Right. Think? Yes. Well, I think the the tone of it, um, it was probably what people love the most, which was just that I, I do have such a positive experience with our teenage boys. Yeah. And so I think that drew people in, but also just um, talking about how Teenagers still need boundaries. Mm. They still need counsel. And um, I found, you know, about the time kids hit middle school even, but even more by high school, there's kind of this tendency we have as parents to think, well, I've done everything I can. And now they're going to just hang out with their friends mm. and they're going to be influenced by culture. And parents tend to let go possibly out of fear or out of maybe they feel like that's all they can do. But I have 
just maintained the kids all the way until they are released <laughs> into their future, whether it be college or the workplace, they still need us and mm. they need to hear no and they need to be given some boundaries and um, definitely increasing freedom as they prove responsible. Yeah. But Definitely not just freedom because they're 13 or 15, um, freedom because they've proven that they're ready for it. So that's kind of been um, a theme we've held on to into these teenage years. Yeah, because it's tricky. Like back in the day, it was like mm-hmm. a child adult and you became an adult when you were 13. But then that's when you like got a job and a wife. Right. Yeah. So we've kind of pushed that back. You know, adult yes. is now... I don't even know. I feel like there's 30 year olds that are not adults yet, but technically it's in your, in your twenties and you're getting a job. And, um, so then there's this nebulous time where they're capable. Right. And we want to give them the freedom, but then there's no responsibility. And exactly. so, um, it, it is a tricky, like we, we kind of still have to, they're still kind of children and that they're not, they're not on their own. They're right. not, you're not making their own money and living on their own. So they're under your house. So they kind of need to ha- be held responsible, you know? Exactly. They do. They do. And what I find too is that they, they actually appreciate it. They yeah. are kind of looking for those boundaries. Mm. And it surprises me when I do kind of say no and I'm thinking there's going to be pushback. And I actually find that there's, it almost brings them peace. Like, okay, I really wasn't ready for that anyway. Mm. So, yeah. um, I, I think that sometimes, and again, each kid is different and, and you just got to really get to know them and know what you're dealing with with each child. And, um, you know, I've talked about birth order. I've done a couple of posts on that. And the same thing applies, just getting to know the individual and figuring out what they're ready for and not necessarily having a hard, fast rule that at a certain age you get a cell phone or at a yeah. certain age you get your driver's license. It's very much um, based on, and I think you just touched on it, our big, my mantra is, with freedom comes responsibility. And so just observing how they're handling each thing and then communicating and letting them know what's, what it's going to take to get the next thing. Yeah. 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 Yes. Being wise. And, and I think staying in good relationship with them. um, So there's not the rebellion, right? Absolutely. Yep. And you've done a good job with that as I've commented to you before. I think I can tell you're connected to your boys. And I think like you said, that readers can sense the tone and that there's a positive tone that you really enjoy your boys. And I also think, you know, um, you've mentioned there's kind of a common theme in a lot of your posts, whether it's a marriage post or even a um, nutrition post um, Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, raising boys. There's a theme that you've kind of realized is coming out from each of these things. What is that? Yeah. Well, as I look at all these different things I write about, I think what I've kind of hung out with a lot is just the fact that we all get to choose our perspective. Mm -hmm. And so like with the teenage boy thing, my perspective is this is going to be great. We're going to work hard. We're going to train hard, but um, but we're going to enjoy this and, um, and we're going to learn from mistakes. And so there's that perspective there in parenting. And, um, I know that for me, one of the blessings of having my first three all in a row mm-hmm. <laughs> and all, they were all bo- born during my husband's medical school or residency. So wow. it was gnarly. And yeah. I <laughs> gnarly. am the first to admit, sorry, surfer. I love <laughs> surfer it. Gnarly. Okay. Um, 
I really struggled. It, I had some rough years where I just really felt lonely and desperate. And it was tough when they were all young. Mm. Um, and yet when the youngest was six is when we decided to have one more. And I feel really blessed because right now I've got this five-year-old who quite honestly is my most challenging yet. He mm. is not the, oh, sorry. He is not the, you know, one that's just loves to please. He's more my challenging, strong-willed mm. guy. And, but what's awesome is because I have these older kids, I've been through it. I've, I've walked through it all. So I have this perspective. Yeah. So I feel like now I'm, I'm able to parent differently. I'm able to kind of see, okay, this hard work pays off. This, isn't really the big deal. I would have thought it was. Yeah, yeah. So perspective really has affected my parenting. And that's where I've written um, a few blog posts where I recall what was going on back when my kids were little. And um, I wrote one post last spring called um, the, the thing in your head mm. that might change everything. Mm. I think it was called, but it was because I was having this um, kind of reflection on when my second born son was a baby and he was very colicky and he cried and he cried and it seemed like he has never quit crying. And I reached out to a friend and I was like, I'm going to die. Like he just won't quit crying. And I have this other son that needs me. And she um, pretty much spoke into my life at that point and gave me a big dose of perspective. And mm. she just said, what if you looked at this crying baby as your main thing? Like this is your mm. highest calling right now to love on him, to walk with him through this, to just hold him, expect every day. What if you expected him to just cry for hours? Mm. And then instead of resenting that time of him crying, I anticipated it. I prepared for it. I had a little plan for we'd take a walk in the stroller or... Um, so once I changed my perspective from resenting the crying baby to this is what I, God gave me right now for this season, I have a colicky baby. Yeah. And then reflecting on that and applying it to things going on now and my five-year-old being difficult or not wanting to eat his vegetables or yeah. <laughs> hitting his brothers, I could apply the same thing. And instead of being frustrated all of the time, I can stop and gain perspective and say, right now, my greatest job is to train that five-year-old how to be nice or eat one vegetable a day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that perspective has been huge for me in my writing and in my life, in parenting and everything. Yeah. I think the difference between how I parented my oldest when he tantrumed mm -hmm. to my youngest when he tantrumed, night, mm -hmm. night and day. Night Absolutely. and day, like it is yep. so not personal and it is so, um, you just recognize how it's a stage. When Thank that's you. your first, you are projecting constantly. This is going to, they're going to be like this. If I don't, you know, they're flipping out all the time. Are they going to flip out the rest of their life? Like oh, for sure. They're yeah. never going to stop crying. The colicky ones, like my colicky mm. one is, was my youngest and mm. hours of screaming and just pulling his legs up and just so much pain and rock solid, you know, yeah. abdomen, yeah. The mm. classic yeah. um, colicky and just not sleeping well. And he is the most joy filled child now. Like oh. constant smiles. If I could have had a picture of the exactly. three-year-old back when I was dealing with the Golicky one, it, it would have been helpful. But exactly, yeah. and that's exactly what I say when I'm looking at my 16-year-old and this, you know, great kid he is, and I'm like, okay, if I can get that vision for the younger one, it really mm -hmm. does help. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and I just think that that applies to our life every day. I just think so often I wake up and whatever my mood is or whatever's going on can so easily direct my day and my parenting, but I can step back and step outside of myself and choose, you know what, I'm going to be grateful. Like how long does it take for us to just think about somebody who's really going through a hard time, whose Mm. child has, you know, a terminal illness, or you think of people in other countries, poverty, and you're just like, okay, regaining perspective is not that hard. (laughs) We just need to take that moment to do it. And it really helps. So in doing that, like as we're thinking about the listeners kind of applying that, you said, you know, starting off your day, um, taking that moment to have gratitude. What are some of your, you know, ways that you do re recalibrate your perspective? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I definitely have been working on the morning routine and that yeah. is getting up before the rest of the family yeah. and spending time in prayer and reading my Bible and, you know, doing a little devotional. Um, and then uh, sadly for me, I don't know about everybody else, but that really doesn't always last through the whole day. <laughs> like a half an hour. So you're, or <laughs> you're yelling breakfast. as you close the Bible. No, I'm just uh-huh. And so oftentimes you just think, um, you know, you're at already by morning, you're just having a rough time. And so I think there's a lot of things that I do throughout the day, just little words that help remind me. And um, I think we chatted before, but about, uh, I wrote a post just this summer called Expand. Yes. Along the lines of Expand. It's been very helpful. But, yes. You used it the other day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, um, the, point of that post was that we can all expand our capacity when as moms, we often think that's it. I've had it. I can't take any more. And I use, you know, some silly examples in the post, but I say, you know, if the president was sitting in your living room, do you think you could give it five more minutes? You know, do you think you, if somebody were watching you, do you think you could take a little more? You think you could have a much calmer tone or be a little more patient? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so often we just decide we're at our limit. This is it. When in reality, so the word expand has really helped me. I'll mm-hmm. just think of that word and I'll be like, okay, I can expand. Let's, and I've taught my boys when they're being impatient with one another and demanding. And I'll be like, let's, let's try to expand, expand what we can give a little more, a little more. So sometimes for me, it's just thinking of a little key phrase that helps keep me on track, yeah. you know, writing it down, hanging it on the wall even. Mm-hmm. And, um, And then also for me is I need breaks from my family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's hard because I know we can't all just get away anytime. And another blessing of having older boys is I do get to get away when I need to because the 16 year old is more than capable. Yeah. Of watching everybody else. Um, but when they were little, I would hire a babysitter even when I probably shouldn't have. It was not in the budget, but I thought I'm either going to hurt somebody or I need to get out to Starbucks with my Bible. Yeah. And so I just think getting some time to step away because, man, don't you gain better perspective when you've just stepped away from mm-hmm. the family for a few minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I even found like if you're out, like let's say you have a little restaurant here in Dallas, uh, Cafe Express that I sometimes would go mm-hmm. to. And even sitting there and I'm by myself, right and I I watch a mom Mm -hmm. and I'm not judging her but I'm more seeing myself in that situation and as you can see on her face her frustration or her child's just doing normal childish like asking for more ketchup and you just sat down eat your food and you get annoyed and you're like and I'm watching and I'm thinking wow that does not look good (laughs) like yeah like the child just wants more ketchup 
but I, right. you know, when on them, it looks so bad. And, and so then it helps me reframe that perspective so of the outsider watching the mom so in that tricky situation. You're like, oh, I totally get what she's feeling, but I don't really want to do that right. response anymore. Like, That's or right. as much as I can. And, um, right. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think, yeah. think stepping away does give us a little perspective or, you know, mm-hmm. whoever we'll run into in that day to kind of kind of freshen Absolutely. us up yeah that's yep. good and then you just miss your kids as soon as you're <laughs> out the door you're so frustrated because you need to get away but you just yeah. love your kids so yeah. that's a that's a tough one but I do think it really helps especially if you can come home with a few things that you've got on your mind like you're really ready to you know have some actionable points yourself sit down and and do something that you know you've been neglecting or have that conversation or pour in a little bit more yeah because you're refreshed so yeah that well, helps me and i um interviewed a friend a local friend uh i'll put a link to this podcast but she uh homeschooled as well and her thing was to go the second her husband walked in the door on Friday, she'd have, you know, pizza ready or whatever it was. She'd walk out and go to a restaurant and just, yeah. you know, with her Bible and just Friday nights were her night set aside. She didn't plan anything with anybody else. Wow. Um, and so every week that was when she like would refresh and just maybe just sit, stare at her water for 30 minutes, whatever sure. it was. But she knew it was coming so she could yep. get Love through that. the week knowing that that restful Super space. Wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that usually, I think there were some years where, well, for one, my husband couldn't give me much yeah. because he was in residency. Totally. But even after that, I didn't think to ask him. So mm. I was kind of waiting for him to be like, oh, you deserve <laughs> something. Yeah. And so I really learned to kind of, uh, you know, very unemotionally and objectively be like, hey, guess what? I'm really needing to get away. So I'm going to go take the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, he's always so willing. It's just he doesn't think of it maybe on his own. Yeah. So yeah. making those um, arrangements is really wise for moms to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. They can't yeah. read our minds. Right. They can't. Yeah, <laughs> they can't. So you've written some um, marriage stuff, too, with perspective. Yeah, so since just, we're talking about the husband thing, what kind right. of advice could you help us out with there? Yep, definitely. The whole perspective thing is going to spill right into that. Um, I think that... Uh, Marriage is hard, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I think that it's, you know, two very different people typically trying to get along. And I just realized that for myself, I can, I can fall into self pity or being critical of my husband so quickly. Mm. Um, but it's, it's that again, gaining perspective. And, uh, the most recent post I wrote was, um, five, um, five ways to maybe draw near to build bridges with your spouse. And that was really referring to um, those times where, you know, in every marriage, I think, I'm pretty sure there's just times where you kind of lose the connection and you're maybe not communicating mm-hmm. as well, or there's just a coldness there just yeah. because of life being hard. And then um, how we might wait and wish for that romantic notion of the husband to send you flowers or sweep you off your feet and take you away, which would be wonderful. But my suggestion is we can do a lot as wives. We don't need to wait. And our husbands are typically very happy to go out on a date if we want to plan it or to go away for a weekend if we can even make that happen. But we shouldn't um, sit around and wait for it. And how sometimes for me, I'm dying to be noticed or complimented. And what I need to do is 
compliment my husband. I need to tell him how great he looks or how much I appreciate him. And suddenly he's turning around and reciprocating. It's like, he just needed that little reminder. Um, reaching out and touching him, you know, again, making the first move, whatever that love language is for them. Right. Absolutely. Yes. All of the above, just doing what you can to do something to reach out Mm -hmm. and realize that it's, it's not totally their job. We can do a lot. And sometimes they're as exhausted as we are. They just don't talk about it usually as much as we do. (laughs) Well, and I went to this, um, we went to family camp last week and, uh, the topic of the week, our speaker was marriage. Oh, good. And one of the mornings, you know, uh, he spoke to the husbands and his wife spoke to the wives, but like all in the same room. Like we didn't divide up into different rooms. Mm. So we got mm. to hear, you know, what they were saying to each other. And sure. for wives, a lot of it is, you know, respecting our husbands and um, just how much men need that and speaking mm-hmm. well of them and doing what we can to serve them, not necessarily submit in a, I am less than, I am... God created us equally. He loves us equally, yes. but yes. submitting to, uh, is, is a helping, you know, bringing him Absolutely. along and supporting him and, and how much, you know, that's what we're made to do is to come along our side, our husbands and just really lift them up. And then also the respect, but then in the verses for the husband in Ephesians, it talks about, you know, not provide and protect is what husbands want to do. They do that very well, provide and protect. Mm-hmm. It says nourish and cherish. Mm-hmm. which I thought mm-hmm. was like, that's what we want. That's what you said, right? I want to be noticed. Yeah. I want to be like, you know, oh, kind yeah. of rom- romanticized. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you want you want all those moments where they're just really cherishing you. And, and that's yeah. why God commanded it to the husband because it's not a natural thing that's for right. them. And so, uh, you know, it was that's really right. just good and seeing like there's innate needs in us as men and women uh-huh. that, you know, when, yeah. when we respect our husbands and, and kind of let them lead, then then they will cherish and nourish, nourish us. Yes, you know? yes, so, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you can't, it, it's it's this cycling thing. It's it is. This give and this, you know, you receive yes. kind of cycle. And I do think that sometimes just telling, you know, I mean, I'm kind of the silly one. My husband's a bit more of a serious guy. Yeah. And uh, my kid's goal is always to, try to get dad to belly laugh because <laughs> they just don't think he laughs enough, but he's actually got a great sense of humor. It's just yeah. a little more quiet. Dry. A little drier. Yeah. <laughs> so I will be just silly if I know that like, Hey, I did my hair and he walks in and he doesn't notice I'll like throw my arms around his neck and be like, so like just <laughs> try to lighten it because he's not going to notice. I mean, I know that he's just in his own head at the moment. He's thinking about patients at the hospital yes. or about, the yard work. And so, um, I try to just lighten it up and let him know like, Hey, I really would love it if you noticed. (laughs) And then he'll like jump in and be totally happy too. So again, playing those games doesn't usually work. We need to be a little more mature about things and ask for what we need. And they're usually pretty happy to give it. Yeah. 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 So that's good. Love that. So, um, Another thing that you, I was perusing your site. There's a lot of mm-hmm. yummy recipes on there. Oh, thank you. So what is the story behind <laughs> all that? Yeah, well, I just, you know, I, I find that cooking is my relaxation. So definitely if I'm stressed out and I can bake something, I just love it. And now, of course, that we've moved out to the country and I have all these crazy fruits, some of which <laughs> I never had even tried before. Yeah. I'm like... Um, so I've been trying to play with things and find, you know, I would say as far as 
nutrition goes in my recipes. I'm very moderate. We try to eat healthy, but I'm not extreme in any way. So I just enjoy it. And my boys are all very into photography. So Mm. I have kind of asked them to be my photographers. So they have fun taking the photos and then I get to write about it. And um, so I love all of that. And that's great. Outsourcer yeah, photography. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Great I know. idea. Have, Writing, yeah, it down. <laughs> Writing it down. Okay. It's a win-win. And um, yeah, so my background back in college, I studied sports medicine. Okay. And, uh, and I've spent most of my life, um, actually, up until we moved to the country, I taught fitness classes at gyms. Mm-hmm. And I've been a personal trainer. And um, of course, my husband went to medical school and I didn't end up using my um, work as much, you know, professionally other than little side jobs. But that's kind of been my my educational and academic background is all in the area of sports medicine, nutrition and fitness. Yeah. So um, I try to kind of incorporate that into some of my uh, cooking posts. And also I do talk a bit about um, health and fitness, especially as it relates to our body image. I um, have shared just a little bit, but I'm actually about to come out with my very, very first ebook in just Yay, a few weeks here. That's exciting. Thank you. And um, it's really about the topic of um, kind of sharing my journey and then applying it to what other people can do. But it, it's really, again, that theme of perspective comes up because um, it's talking about how I did go through many years of my life really struggling with my body image. Mm. And um, even though I had studied sports medicine and that was all my background, I just couldn't find anything that would help me have just a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and my body. And I always say that one of the biggest struggles we have in this area is it's not like a drug addict or an alcoholic where you can just quit. Like you can't quit eating <laughs> and, and we're supposed to exercise because it's healthy. But if you struggle with that, it can feel so overwhelming. And yeah. um, so I am sharing it. It was just going to be too long to be a blog post. So I thought, okay, it's going to be an ebook. And so that should be coming out very soon. But it's um, again about really using our perspective and our the thoughts we think and the beliefs we have inside of us and kind of learning to reprogram them to be able to get off of the diet train or following somebody else's prescription for what we need to do and just finding a healthy relationship. Um, so I'm super excited because this is definitely one of my passions, something I'm really excited about. So if you're in a moment struggling with food, what is one of those phrases um, or words <laughs> you use to kind of get your perspective back in place? Right. Great question. Well, one of the things I'm excited about is because I'm an anti-diet person, I, I'm, um, and I know some people are very used to dieting or, um, you know, actually I have friends who would say they're addicted to diets. They just go from one to the other. So along with my little ebook, I have a 30 day, I'm calling it a thought diet, I think, but it's three a day of these affirmations and then a Bible verse a day as well. And it will be if you are facing breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you're like, oh, I wish someone would tell me what to eat. Instead of that, I have these affirmations. Mm. So a lot of it is just um, coming to a place where you can literally in your mind's eye envision the person you want to be. Mm. And that's not a number on a scale. It's picturing who you know, given your build, given your genetic makeup, because we're all different, Who's the best you that you can imagine being? And 
that's not weighing in tomorrow. It would be okay at Christmas time, you know, next summer or on your next vacation. What do you want to look like, feel like when you're sitting there, when you're at your kids' sporting event? You know, you just picture these things and then beginning to walk into that with your daily actions so that your, your behavior matches. It's, you know, lined up, aligned with your thoughts and your beliefs. So a lot of it is just really retraining your thinking because I think a lot of us sadly have become very comfortable thinking negatively about ourselves. Yeah. To the point where it's like habitual thoughts. And I know for me, I used to go to bed and just beat myself up for anything I ate that day that wasn't great and mm-hmm. waking up the next day planning what I'm going to do different. And it's so defeating when we have these negative thoughts. And until you stop and think about it, yeah. I think a lot of us don't even realize that we're doing it. Well, and probably those affirmations, if it's speaking truth about your identity in Christ, which I'm imagining yeah, that's what a lot of yeah. them are, is exactly. going to overflow into your parenting, your husband relationship because it's totally replacing lies with truth. And when we feel better about who we are in Christ and we recognize he's the one living through us, then we, we don't have to, you know, badger our kids or we can really wholly love them. We can wholly love our husband without him having to meet a need that he can never meet. Exactly. Yes. And that's what I found is whatever your thing is, if you've got something that you're bound up in, in your mind, then it's going to take away, it's going to steal from everything else. And so the more you can recognize and deal with the lies, then you're just freed up to be really other centered and focused on whatever God's putting in front of you. And it's just a beautiful thing, but it's, it's tough. I mean, you taking that time and energy to face it is sometimes really a big step. So I encourage right. people to So it. you said that that'll be coming out. So if people want to be in the loop on that, they would just sign up to like subscribe to your site. Like do you have a, do you have a newsletter? Yes. Yes, I have a okay. newsletter. So if you go to monicaswanson.com, there will be a subscribe. Um, so, you know, you can, can fill put it in. And okay. Thank you. Yes. So then there's um, either weekly or um, each post, which I write, you know, typically about two times a week. And I will be making big announcements as soon. I just hesitate because I keep thinking I'm almost done. And then I'm like, no, I need to redo three chapters. No, (laughs) well, you're making no commitment right now, but Uh, just that people can stay in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really helpful, especially, you know, coming out of the summer and Mm -hmm. most of us have had probably several negative thoughts as we Mm -hmm. put on that swimsuit. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is very helpful. And like I said, overflowing to their perspective outside of their body image. So for sure. It's very, I mean, my very kids are applying well. the same principles in all of their things. I just love it because it's really such a, a cycle again of how you think and how you act. And then the, the consequences are always going to be according. So it's really cool. Well, and um, we haven't talked about it, but one of your, is it your second son that did the competitions, the surfing competition? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually my third son. Your so third top, son. Okay. The oldest three boys are all surfers, but yes, the third son is my competitive surfer. So and so he's, he's all- had to kind of like think through perspective as he's gone into these for competitions sure. and things for happen. Sure. And yeah, are you just going to be about winning or what's the point? <sighs> right. Exactly. Didn't you yes. have to go through that like yourself? Oh, for yeah. sure. Yes. Yes. He's it, it, definitely surfing. We are finding more and more um, competition of any kind is so mental. Yeah. <laughs> so mental. Yeah. And uh, he's a tough kid, but yeah, it's it's not easy being out on the water because it's not like a team sport. You know, you're out there to beat everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're there, your friends, though, too, because you're hanging out with them, waiting That's for the right. next wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Wow. But it's been fun. Yeah. A fun journey. 
Well, um, I sense from just us talking and uh, interactions that we've had that you tend towards the positive, and I think that that um, is healthy as we move towards life, every every aspect of our life. Um, yeah. To choose hope yeah. and based in truth of the God's word, because we can't just be Pollyannas, right? It's not like we're exactly. just ignoring the reality, but right. recognizing eternal perspective. <laughs> For sure. And, yeah. And learning from each thing. Yeah. When it's not going well, there's always something. That's my, when my son doesn't do well in surf contests, that's our phrases. You win some, you learn some. Yeah. And that applies <laughs> to life, I think. You win some, you learn some. I like that. I like that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, Monica, I really appreciate you chatting with us. And I know y'all definitely go if sign up to follow uh, Monica because um, just a lot of wisdom and I think just hanging out with you, Monica, helps our perspective, like oh, to recalibrate, you. you know, what what matters and and what not to get hung up on. So thanks thank for sharing so with us that. today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I want you to know, Heather, that I'm new to podcasts. Yeah. Like this spring, I jumped in and yours was, I think, the first one and like the top one I listen to all the time. So it is yes, such sweet. a privilege to be here today. So oh, thank you so much. I, You're awesome. I love any mom <laughs> that can do the four boy thing and like lead the way for me. I'm all in. I'm all ears and all in. So thanks, Miss Monica, for being awesome. with us. Awesome. All right. God bless. Thank you. And aloha. Aloha. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.